0: What's up, peoples? It is EK, and we have a smoker here for you tonight at the Debbie Dose. I have two very special friends on, two guys that uh, I've always looked up to as data analysts and as, you know, rock-solid students of the Dynasty and uh, you know, the draft game. Um, in the top right corner, we have my friend Jake Estes, at Dynasty yes. Jake
1: Estes. Yes, sir. Everyone okay. everyone budgets that you're good.
0: Well, it's tough. I only read it. I don't hear your name yeah. pronounced. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because um, I either get
1: S D S or Estes. I'm like, I'm not Spanish. And it's not Texas. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I get the Cortez too, man. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, think yeah. I'm Spanish. Yeah. I'm German, yeah, man. Yeah, they, they think um, like so. Jake, you got anything you want to plug? I know a lot of your work's on Dynasty Nerd. You got anything else going on you want people to go to? Yeah, yeah. So... um
1: I've been slacking on Dynasty Nerds this year, but that is a company that I enjoy being affiliated with, so make sure you guys are checking out the work that we're doing over there. Um, additionally, I just got my rookie rankings published, um, selling those for $20, but uh, if you check out the hit rates and some of the stuff I've been doing, I think you'll find that it's it's very much worth the money. I don't do it for the money. It's just a way. I was getting sniped so much every year by my league mates, so I'm like, dude, if you're going to snipe me, at least pay me first. Yeah, and hey, hey. talk about it, so hey. I really enjoy talking about it so um but but yeah I got, I got most of my stuff behind a paywall this year um, but you can find that on my Twitter at dynasty underscore Jake it's the website linked you can message me on Twitter if you want to know more or whatever um, but always happy to talk about anything so
0: yeah yeah money well spent and uh Jake Jake's always been a great guy to talk to about uh, you know data scouting uh, dynasty rookie ranks all of that and then on the bottom, uh, certainly not the least, my friend David, at David Zach 16 uh, proprietor of the Z-Score, uh, <laughs> general all-around Dynasty Superstar. David, you got anything to plug?
2: Well, I don't know about Superstar, but yeah, this, like you said, the Z-Score is coming out soon right after the draft. I hope to have that article finished up. Um, I'll be doing projections for 32 teams again, as well as Best Ball Dynasty redraft, pretty much. I'm all things NFL and fantasy all the time. So that's what I roll with. And To your point, shout out to the Dynasty Nerds guy. We all contribute there to some extent. And they're just a great crew and they treat people right. And I I love what they
0: do. Yeah, I can't speak highly enough about the nerds. I love the pod. I love the crew they put together there. Uh, That subscription is well worth every dollar that goes into it just for the film room alone. But you also get rankings from guys like David, Jake, me. The guys on the pod and uh, the Dynasty GM tool itself is is phenomenal as well. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. So we're we're here tonight. We get a data scouting roundtable. This is something i wanted to put together for some time now, and really just get a couple of sharp minds on. Let's 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 kick the ideas around. Let's talk. Let's talk building models. Let's talk philosophy. Let's talk processes. And uh, I think first, I just wanted to know kind of what, what pulled you guys into data scouting as a way of looking at, at Dynasty football and, and football in general. Uh, you want to lead off, Jake?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, so it's funny. You're talking about being a man of extremes, and, and this is an example of it. Um, so I, I got my MBA at the University of Kentucky, and we were, we were studying. I was in one of my stats classes, and we were studying actually fantasy, fantasy basketball, and we were doing regression analysis on it. I'm like, oh, man. I did this to fantasy football. I think I could probably create something I like. And um, really, what it came down to, I my first year of dynasty I had a really good team, but they were old. And I was like, man, I know how to draft these old guys, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing for college. So I really started doing this, spending hundreds and not hundreds, but hundred, probably around 100, 200 hours building these models, so that I could win my league. Is really why I did it. And then after the first year, um, it was a pretty good model. And then the second year I refined it and I was really impressed. And so, um, so now, now that's just something I'm I'm doing every year. I've gotten a lot of really good feedback on it. So, so here we are still doing it. And, uh, it's really cool. It's been a, it's been a good tool to help me win and really for value in the sense of, um, with regression analysis, I've been able to identify certain players that are flying under the radar. It's so when you have players that are flying under the radar, you can capture that value. So like, for me, like last year, it was like Rashad White and Shigosium Mocampo, right? So people weren't even drafting Shigosium. And then I'm a Titans fan, so they think that it was just me being a Titans fan. I'm like, no, like, this dude's my number two tight end. And I got him for free in all my leagues, right? So so it, it's working. It's a really cool tool, and um, I'll get into the details of it later if we want to delve in it's a long conversation You're trying to explain exactly what it is <laughs> people hear regression they think like i'm trying to project somebody to regress and that is yeah yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah that's how i got into it yeah it's a good point we should probably define some of the terminology that <laughs> is, uh, i, c- I can it. Yeah, com- yeah,
1: again a couple minutes to explain yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. all right D- david how about you what's your origin story as the data analyst
2: that sounds kind of similar uh i had tracked a lot of data to beat my my league mates like like you were saying and then i remember consuming content and i don't know who it was it was someone on espn or something and i'm like just like everyone out there like what's this guy what's this guy know i i can do better than that right. so i was like well let's see if i can and then i i really got into the weeds of it there like i had always tracked some stuff with my league mates and like age and fantasy points is where it started pretty much is all it was but for dynasty and now now it's expanded into this, uh, 20 page Google sheets thing that has, you know, a hundred different models feeding into the end result and stuff like that. And yeah, like I, I really liked your point about identifying values. Cause that's, that's been the biggest edge for me as well. Like, uh, I've been, ai was there for Antonio Gibson and Ramondre Stevenson and those yeah. guys and yeah they, they really popped in my models and no one was on them. And I like to go to war on Twitter with people who down my guys and stuff like that. And you'll see yeah. me out there defending Quentin Johnston out here lately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there really is an edge to find. So I know a lot of people try to consume as much as possible, which is also good because you learn there. But if someone can't prove to me why a stat matters, like Johnson's drops, yeah. for example, whereas, I think ek actually disproved that with a study he did not too long ago so if they can't prove to me why it matters like all they're sputing out is noise and yeah. that's that's what a lot of stuff is out there it's noise it's narratives and it it doesn't yeah. truly matter if you build your own database you'll see what does matter and what hmm. like what stats you should listen to and what what you should ignore and that's that's almost more valuable than even building a model is knowing what to listen to and what to ignore so
1: yeah and I want to add to that. I think that's a really good point because I'll be scrolling through Twitter and I see somebody who's like, oh, this guy's fifth in targets and and 25th in yards after the catch or yards after that. I'm like, but does that correlate to more fantasy points? But people don't understand that they need to consume. Like like they think when I start talking about yards per team attempts that that's just some random stat. I'm like, no, like this is a highly correlated, at least in my models. Oh yeah. And, it's a Holy it, grail stat right yeah, there. And it's like you, this is what you should care about. Not yards per reception or how many yards you're averaging on a, what an air yards. Yeah. these are just, you know, a whole bunch of stats and people have a tendency to one, advertise the wrong ones and two people consume those assuming that they're, there's some type of correlation. Right.
2: And there might be some, but it's just minute compared to it's less. Yeah. 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 Right. Good
1: point. Yeah.
0: So I guess my, my next, uh, Keynote here was, uh, I guess, what's the general philosophy with which you approach data scouting, like the general idea, your 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 overarching theme. Like, what do you what are you looking for uh, in in your data scouting? I think you got into that a little bit already, but you want to elaborate on it at all, Jake?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so I, what I I'm looking for specifically is, I compare what my model how it ranks all of the class, and I compare it to ADP, right? And so when I see a good example. I don't want to give too too many details out, but essentially Bijan Robinson's everybody's number one, right? And and that's 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 consensus. It is as, as well in my model. But if it wasn't, I would and I had the first pick and I'm not as high on Bijan Robinson, I'd be like, okay, let me trade out this pick because I know I can get my guy later. So I can get mm-hmm. my guy plus for somebody that somebody else values higher. So like Kenneth Walker was a good example. I had Rashad White over Kenneth Walker, and that was not consensus last year. People hated it. Right. But when I'm at 107, Kenneth Walker's on the board instead of drafting Rashad White, because that's not that's not smart in the sense of value. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm trading back. I'm capturing value by getting Rashad White plus for Kenneth Walker. So that's that's really what I'm looking for. I look for value when I do this. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, How about you, uh, David? Any uh, different approach for you?
2: Yeah, I'm always always scouring for any metric that uh, carries significant weight so metrics that matter is how i like to look at it and for the longest time i didn't have film grades so like uh, dynasty nerds with the nerd score or uh you know nfl.com's airlines grade so that's one category now and that carries pretty good weight you know draft capital everyone's got that in there and then breaking down production metrics athleticism physical metrics all that stuff so i if I can't make it significant in the model or if you run multiple linear regression and you get a crazy p-value or something like that and in regards to other metrics then then I don't want it in my model I'm always fine tuning and and trying to improve it every year so any any model that stays static is dead in my opinion so you're always you're always trying to improve and you know blind check against the uh, results that you can exclude on purpose just to see if they matter and see if it's predictive instead of just solely descriptive and like you said, in uh, your soul sheet, overfitting the data sometimes. So a lot of people tend to do that starting out right away, yeah. and it's it's uh, it's pretty dangerous. It's hard to see when you're starting out; you don't you don't know what you're looking at. So that's that's kind of how I attack things. I want everything that matters most, and I want to put it all together in a meaningful way with appropriate weights, not not overweighing anything, so, or yeah, trying great. to. At and, least.
0: And so uh, I guess, and then let's like let's use wide receiver. That's kind of what I think probably. You hear about the most, and I think a lot of us have the best validity for our wide receiver models, or at least I, I hear that from other people uh, at times. So, and I guess I, it's probably a good time to start off some definitions, like we talk about. So, when you guys talk about a model, you're generally talking about a linear regression model. Is that right for both of you, or do you guys use different modeling?
1: I have some quadratic formulas thrown in, but it's ninety-eight uh, percent linear.
0: Yeah, but you David? Uh, I would
2: say about 60 to 70% is linear, and then I do data binning, where I kind of uh, right. do little linear models within that, so it's it's kind of zigzaggy throughout there, so to speak, but depending on the bin you're in, because, you know, middle range might be flatter, and the extreme ends might tail up, so like an S-curve or something like that, so yeah, it yeah. Uh, just depends what the data is. I always like to chart the data so you can see it. Like, it's it's actually really easy to see when you chart all the dots on something, mm. if it's pure linear or if it's right. something else that you need to do it too. So yeah. That's that's my first step in everything. I like to chart it because if I can see it it just it instantly makes sense and you know what to do with it. So
0: yeah I know it makes sense. Jake, you want to give the, the 15 second definition of, of a linear regression? Is that yeah
1: so I'll try and give us a quick synopsis. It's hard to do but but basically what what we're doing here when we're doing these data analytics is we're we're measuring two different things or a few different things and comparing it to um, a result. So the result here that we're trying to predict is fantasy points, right? And so what we do is we look at what NFL players average throughout their career, how many fantasy points, at least this is how I do it. There's different ways to do it, but, and then I compare that to their college data and I say, okay, these guys that were most successful in the NFL as far as fantasy points goes, the guys that are scoring the most points, what did they all have in common? And I do that for every position And when you measure that, it actually tells you that there are predictive college metrics, college stats, that can help us understand which players are going to be good fantasy
0: players. And so
1: that—that's kind of the 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 gist of it. Does that make sense?
0: It sounds good to me. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything to add on linear regression, David? Or is that? No, you put
2: it well. Uh, I'll just add that. (laughs) Yeah, it's all to NFL points per game for me uh over a certain year span so i use three years the first three years for running backs years two through four for wide receivers because it sometimes takes them a little longer to hit their stride in the nfl but yeah any database that you have should have a, a correlation on top in my opinion so i think uh peter howard has that in his model and some of them and i have it on mine the very top row is correlation and then you got all your categories so you just scroll through. You kind of see what matters, and can instantly debug forty times for wide receivers or something like that just by looking at that top bar.
0: That's that's funny. I I've never heard that before, but I did that this year on my models. Just a oh, model. you did. To throw it all up there and just be like, well, you know, what, what should I be interested in? You know what I mean? Right. So there's yep. a really high correlation then, but maybe I should do more work on it and start running some p tests and
2: stuff. Right. So yeah, that's the first step is you see if it matters and then you can start modeling it together with other things and adjusting stuff for conference or what have you and, and all that beautiful stuff
0: that mixes together. Okay. <laughs> I spend endless hours at night tweaking? Oh <laughs> All right, cool. So let's launch into a wide receiver model. So I guess we. My, my first question is, where do we start? And I think you guys kind of answered that, right? Jake did pretty simply. We're going to look at uh, points per game. And I think you use career points per game, Jake, rather than...
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I do career, actually. So I know that's not the standard. That's just the way I've done it. And it's rendered pretty solid results, so I'll continue to do so.
0: Yeah. Until I, see I didn't me. find a huge difference between career and years one to three. I thought they, they tracked pretty similarly, yeah. some variants, but similar enough. Um, great. And then, uh, so what, wh- wh- where did you start finding inputs? You found stuff that correlated well, how do you investigate inputs? What inputs uh, were interesting oh. to you for, for wide receiver?
1: So shout out to our our, our guy, Dave Wright, uh, FF Spaceman on Twitter. He mm. has a massive database. Uh, I don't know if he builds it or if he purchases it and- Sorry, purchases it and then um,
0: I think he built that by hand.
1: I think so too. Um, and so I, I buy his data, and he's got literally around a thousand different stats. You know, so you're looking at career best, career last, career average for every single wildly obscure stat: yards per team pass attempt, yards per team attempt, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I literally measure every single one of those um, in my model, and you Know by the end, you get probably six to seven that are correlated, but then when you do, then when you measure for covariance, then you end up with two or three. So that's that's how mine's down to, I think, three, yeah. So,
0: yeah. And, and when you say measure, you're looking for, for for best fit, right? Like best best r squared from uh the variance and and, and the stat. To you know, so, the what I'm specifically
1: in. looking at is called the p value, and I'm pretty sure you guys know what that is, but it tells us, um. Trying to so it's like whether you can reject or accept a null hypothesis. Yeah, the significance the value, right? Value. That's the, yeah, that's the nerdy version, but basically it just tells us um it gives us a threshold that says this matters or doesn't matter. And so threshold super high in the sense of you have to really fit in that window to be considered um significant. And so um, so yeah, so I measure all these stats, to figure out which ones are significant and then, um, then I measure at the end to make sure that I'm not really measuring the same thing twice, which is covariances. Co- you don't want to weight something twice in your model that is correlated because then it's, it's um, you're inappropriately
0: weighting it. You're giving something twice the value that it should. Yeah, right. Um, David, anything to add or, or build on those thoughts?
2: Um, you said you only use three models or three uh, variables in your wide receiver model.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got it down so, to three.
2: So it's got to be like what draft capital and yards yeah, per team pass attempt and. <laughs> um no, <laughs> it's, more.
1: so it's um, it's draft capital, career average receptions per team pass attempt, and then declare your.
0: Okay, nice. fascinating. Yeah. You know, Dave, David Zacharison's is really simple too. A lot of his models are four variables three variables pretty clean so David I take it that yours is not that simple. You, no that's it. all
2: this all sounds very uh very nice to manage rather than uh, <laughs> going through all these equations and double checking that they're right and all that but I mean
1: there, this is all still math and equations but it's yeah it's not right I mean it's all it's all in Excel so it's done automatically I just have to enter the formula and drag down you know
2: sure yeah, um uh, so, sure. so so in mine, I got I got a lot of a lot of inputs going on. So I have a, a lot of similar ones that we've discussed already. You know, early declare draft capital yards per team pass attempt. Um, I use a career college career uh, production metric, and I adjust that for conference. Like uh, Sports Reference has a SRS and SOS measure for each team.
1: I used to have it pulled it.
2: Oh, it's so good. It makes it makes every single any single metric you apply it to, it'll make it stronger. In in my experience, so as a I,
0: modifier, if you can use it like a coefficient for the metric,
2: right. So depending on what the metric is and how it uh, how it you know blends in together, it's either a coefficient or a, kind of a scaling to an average. So like I think in one, I use the the player's SRS over the average SRS, and then I square root it, and then apply it to the metric that i'm using so that happens in a lot of cases um like you said you don't want to use it too much um otherwise you're just yeah. measuring the same thing over again it's really but, interesting uh, hearing
1: this because like it's just it's just you know there's so many different ways to do it even though we're doing the same process you can you can put your own spin on it you know and what's exactly oh what yeah
2: right so yeah that's that's one and then um those efficiency metrics like uh, market share for a team and then yards per route run I use as well for final season. I like splitting up final season and uh, career average because I found a lot more signal in final season and career average, As I think it's the best one to use, but I get a little added signal by using that final season bump. And I use efficiency for final season, whereas use kind of overall production per game for the career one. So I think I'm not overfitting too much. At least my, my uh, MLR, MLR, multiple linear regression analysis, doesn't think so. So yeah. I'm uh, going <laughs> with that trend. And then I often blend a lot of models together. So I'll measure it one way with the MLR model, and then I'll do my own model that I kind of see how much weight they each have. And then I'll build it together and try and get, see if I can get my correlation up as high as the, the one that the model built. And then I'll blend them together so that a lot of times it can catch, uh, you know, mistakes in the models or something like that, and then it evens them out and then gives me the best output I've found. So I do that with film grades too. I use the Nerd Score, NFL, and Scouts Inc. and I blend them all together and then that gives me an output there. Same with athleticism. There's a Harvard Combine metric. Then there's ones that I've come up with. Blend them together. Gives me the best output. So
0: so you're using uh like film grade goes into your model as uh, an input essentially
2: yep so uh, like like uh, jake said you just do a simple linear regression for that one most of the time that's all it is uh, the nerd score i'm actually thinking about doing something different because they start so high on their numbers that i think it's going to be better to use a upwards tail at the end of some kind of equation for normalization there so i'm normalization
1: still... formula what's that like a normalization formula.
2: Yeah, something like that. Just to uh, just to see if I can get it a little more sticky with it, because draft capital you got to use that right. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been playing with that, but you got to reevaluate every year and make sure you're measuring the right things and and doing it the right way. And that is predictive and not overly descriptive. And by that I mean descriptive is always looking backwards. Predictive yeah. means that it's going to maintain its validity over you know multiple years or blind tested against taking out any year in that data and then you test against it and see if the correlation is just as high and if it doesn't get hurt if you change it around by doing that and then you kind of reevaluate with each class so that's kind of how i polish it up sort to speak
0: so i think um i think there's an interesting sample uh interesting question there about like, sample sizing and how many years do you guys like to have in your data set as well because i found that can change what we're looking at a lot uh jake how, how many years you're using uh for your data set here
1: so it's it, this is a this is a great question because i used to be under the premise that this league is ever changing and that i want my model to understand and so i was using i think the first year i did like the basically i wanted a big enough sample size right so if so if i went back five years how many receivers did they give me 250 300 whatever because i only want of the measure guys that are touching the field that's all i care about you're not touching the field. You didn't have an opportunity to perform, in my opinion. So that's that's what I do. But um, but I I I actually changed it last year and I said, well, let's go ahead and just give these bigger sample sizes. So I went all the way back to 2003, I think, for each position, and um, that's so that's what sample size I'm using. But again, there's a threshold, so it's not all players since 2003. It's all players that reach a threshold like uh, 50 carries or 50 passes per season, you know. In, in college, you're saying? In college, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: No. Or similar. No, in the NFL. Oh, okay. All right. All right. If you – because I, if you didn't get the opportunity to perform in the NFL, I can't necessarily say your college data is the reason you didn't. Whenever there's players like Tom Brady who – his metrics in college were dog shit, right? But then when you get in the NFL, they're insane. He had an opportunity. Not everybody gets that opportunity. So you have to reach a minimum – threshold of past attempts in the nfl before i'll consider your points per game got it Uh, david how does that track with your process
2: i do it a little differently i want i kind of want the tail ends at least of highly drafted players but it i kind of apply a similar concept i guess in a different way i only include uh, players drafted roughly round one through four or one through five because when i when I had round six, seven and undrafted in there is where I kind of found the cutoff. Um, it just created a lot of bad modeling, so to speak for, for the higher end hits that I, uh, those are the ones we care about most, right? Like we yeah. want to hit on our first round and second round picks more than we want to hit on most of our six round picks. Cause they're so rare to hit unless you, you know, find an Antonio Brown or a Tom Brady, like you said. So my, uh, even if I didn't include them all, I, I was looking back, you know, looking at Chris Carson too and some of those guys, and it still doesn't highlight them that much because the rest of their metrics are so bad that in the grand scheme of of a model, it, it still drags them down so far that it's not going to pop. I'll still use these same metrics to look for guys that pop out like that. And that's another point that we'll get to eventually on uh, things we look for for breakout and sleepers. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I approach it. Anyway, I don't. the The extra noise kind of bugs me of the the sixth, seventh, and undrafted guys. And if you're looking to find those, I, I would suggest going to the film, not to me, for those uh, late, late round sleepers, or or Jake, or you guys. Right. I,
1: I want to add something to that because I have a an approach that I like to do where I ignore draft capital. So. Say everybody got the exact same draft capital. I want to see which players would pop. So sometimes you get guys that are going to the sixth, seventh round. That if they had earlier draft capital, according to my model, they'd be really good. So those sometimes those are guys that I end up targeting in the fourth and fifth rounds of these rookie drafts. Guys that I'm For like, sure. man, he was productive, but the NFL didn't give him draft caps. I and mean, what happens when he gets those opportunities? Maybe nothing. But
2: good old Seth Williams. Remember that popping yeah, in man. the. Oh, oh, he's so high on Seth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I remember okay. seeing
2: that before. So that's where I'm at right now, right? I I yeah. just have mock draft capital, but I I typically ignore yeah. that for now until the draft, and then yeah, you see guys that pop like that, and yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of funny there's thinking no, there about them.
1: Really, a lot this year for me um, that I was like, damn, if this guy gets draft cap, well, there's one specifically, but I'm not. <laughs> one well, I, I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about. One is just insane production, but his draft cap's going to be yeah, most likely.
0: Yeah, I am. Um... I, I do something similar to you with that too, Jake. I'll keep a I'll keep two columns up you know, when I'm looking at it and one's before draft capital adjustment. Yeah. I do the same thing for my film grades too, because
1: I think it's a fun yeah. exercise. Yeah. yeah,
0: it helps I, I helps help. remove bias, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and and for me that's a great way of, of, of targeting, kinda of like we're talking about like some sleepers too. Like the guys like if you were great in my model that you got crushed by draft capital, like that's the kind of guy I'm probably gonna look at in rounds four and yeah. five. All right, so, so what, about, what about testing? Like, how, how do you guys go about testing? I think you kind of got into that a little bit. Um, so, you, you know, you, you've run your regression and then you, you back test with past years. Uh, either way, do you to talk about the process for that at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, not only is it a complex process for me, when I run these regression models, I get, I get coefficients or I get numbers that are signed and there's a weight to each metric, right? So like early declare really matters in my model. So if you're not an early declare, and you didn't produce. Um, lost my train of thought here. What, what the hell did you ask?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not eating I, a lot of food, guys.
0: Uh, <laughs> so back testing the model, like how yeah, how yeah, you yeah, yeah, about yeah. So what I do
1: is I just look at a couple of previous years and I apply those metrics and I say, okay, so if we use this model to prior years, how accurate is it? For me and anybody who says differently, I'm gonna call them a liar. You're never gonna get a perfect model, but you should get a general. Like your top five is generally going to be the, your top five regardless um your top five in your model should be close to what the the generally projected top five are at least in my experience and if you're not then it's like man this someone's either being really undervalued or your your metrics might be a little off
2: so yeah. continuing that on uh so how'd you handle Devonte uh smith in your model just out of curiosity yeah
1: yeah no so so that's a great example um Devontae, I think he scored around wide receiver eight. Now, granted, my my first model wasn't as good as it is now. So this is my – I'm using the same model I used last year. I know you're talking about fitting, but I really like the way it worked, and I'm going to let it ride again, see if it does the same thing. And Eventually, I'll have to adjust if it's no longer being predictive, right? But I don't want to get into the habit of what I call overfitting to try and adjust every single year if it's working. So that's that's personally my approach. But, yeah, Devontae – um, he, made me nervous as hell just cause he was so skinny and, and obviously he was really good at Alabama, but it's like, I don't know. Why didn't he come out as a junior? You know, because generally they do. But, um, I think, I think an even better example, Olave was a senior declare, right? Yep. Olave is a senior declare who could have came out and been a first round pick as a junior. So to me, that's about as big of an exception as you get. It's like, man, I probably should give him early declare, even though he didn't, because of the fact that he was projected sixteenth, seventeenth overall his junior year, but chose to go back. So I did I didn't end up doing that. But in hindsight, I think in the future when I have a player that's like projected to do that and then goes back to school, assuming no setbacks, I'll probably roll with you giving him that early declare.
2: Well, it's a fair point. Great question I mean. though. It's hard to uh, hard to measure all those guys who are you know, could have gone their junior year, but did COVID.
1: COVID years really messed a lot of things up.
2: Yeah. That's just, that's just a nightmare for us data heads. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's not fun. But,
0: so do you have early declare as a primary component of your wide receiver model, David?
2: Yep. Or it's in there too, but <clears throat> a lot of that gets, uh, taken up in breakout age as well on average uh you know career production for me so th- I guess there is a little bit of overlap but yeah that's a big one like it matters a lot It knocked down Olave a good bit in my yeah. model last year I think he was what was the wide receiver four for me last year so that was you know a little bit of a miss Devante you know I had him fairly high still because his other metrics were just so outstanding that it kind of overrode so yeah. that's that's what I like about the uh I guess the expansiveness of, of the models that I use oh, is that I guess he kind of still still stood up a bit there. So,
1: so I, it's I not
2: a death sentence to me. Right, whereas a lot like of people do not. treat it that way.
1: But I mean if you look at the if you look at the sample size of senior players that are going the first round versus the like, oh, yeah. a couple presentations, and it's it's ugly. It's not it's a big ugly. deal. Yeah, but um right. I think something that's really interesting is this year specifically I've learned to adjust in the sense of um, I'd use my model as a great guide and I'll let people know this is how my model scored them. Right. But after looking at guys like Wandell, I'm like, I need to adjust and be able to say, yeah, this guy scored really well. And he's got the potential to be really good, but let's be realistic. He would be an anomaly. Right. And so I think, I think that we need to have, and I try and approach this as objectively as possible. I have no film grades in there because I believe that's an objective or a subjective process. Now, when you talk about Lance Zerlin, you're not the 1st data analyst I've heard use his grades. And so that makes me think, man, do I want to add something like that where I'm throwing in a, an opinion piece? Um, but I just think it's interesting trying to to say, like, like Devontae Smith scored eighth in my model, but I should have – or not Devontae. Let's use Chris Olave because that's a better example. I should know that he should have came out as a junior. He still had the same type of draft capital. I should have just gave him that. In hindsight, you know, that's obviously like – more obvious now but my rankings aren't specific to my model my models like my template it says hey these are good players so it kind of helps me understand like all right versus adp this is the type of guy i want to either stay away from or here i definitely firing away a pick you know does that make sense
2: <laughs> yeah um yeah it makes sense for the most part i i treat mine yeah, pretty pretty hardcore, and I heard some Wandale Robinson slander in there that I have to
1: <laughs> Dude, Wandale scored 99th percentile on my model, but he's not a 99th percentile wide receiver, so it's like, okay, well, now what?
2: Oh, okay. See, that's you. what
1: I'm saying. Like You see that, and I know, so I'm like, well, I'm not picking him over Drake London or... You know, those no, are not not that high
2: for me, but yeah, my whole argument is if he was, uh, was it an inch or two taller to beat all those thresholds that Marcus Mosher and those guys were spitting out, that yeah. he'd be like, uh, you know, an easy mid first round pick based yeah. on his profile otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, like you I, said, I do like Wandel,
1: I'm a Kentucky fan. I <laughs>
0: oh, good, cool. I think Wandel's <laughs> the kind of guy where we're getting some, some, um perspective from film bros helps too right because wandale was not a polished wide receiver he was a super compiler in college and he was good at some things but he wasn't a good route runner he wasn't really a fully fleshed out wide receiver he really limited route tree mostly was working in you know short area so i think it's really useful for me to get some context on that just like you're saying right like like the numbers say what the numbers say but sometimes stepping back and applying comments sense can help
1: too. yeah yeah i think i think a lot of there's some some data analysts that, that don't do that and but, it, but I also will also make the argument that I think also a lot of times people love to add narratives when they shouldn't, like
2: right. Like oh, for sure.
1: We can talk about Kenneth Walker because he had no receiving profile, right? And it's like, okay, they don't do that at, at Michigan State. Well, maybe, but couldn't you say the same thing about every single player that's lacking whatever skill set you want? Ro- yes. Roshan John, Johnson's a good one. Well, Roshan played behind Bijan and Keontae, whatever his last name is. And I'm like, Okay, so is how's that a good thing? Like, there's no you. You saying that he's playing behind two players should not make you value him more. Like, I I don't know. It's just it's just a weird concept. And so it's like, yeah, you can add context and say, well, if Roshan Roshan Johnson gets decent draft cap, and he's there in the third or fourth. Yeah, fire away. But if you're taking Roshan Johnson as your your third running back off the board because you think he's good, I think in my opinion that's very not smart.
0: In a uh- the one QB nerds draft us out right now. One of our teammates took him at like six or seven overall, which I'm like, it's a little rich for me, man. I'm, that's he's not, good. he's not there for me, which I think that's going to be a big analyst versus like vibes, film guy divide. Young right?
1: guys, most film guys don't have them that high. So I
0: don't know. Like, no, that was extreme. Hard. Somebody is either hot taking it or, you know, is, is, is in full bloom love, like uh there but uh well, he does have a unique profile
2: with his weight in a very light class so i mean there's there's things about everybody that stick out but like you said yeah. it's just applying the right context and knowing what to believe on the narratives so, like so what uh, is the right
0: context because you can do this with anybody you know well yeah for, for, i don't for I don't me i wanted that. to find something that was just quantifiable that's i'm also using the nfl.com grades uh they're yeah. successful they come out early and there's some kind of like quantifiable scale whether or not i agree with them there's some some of them i had a hard time swallowing like he didn't really like jsn very much and i like did a bunch of homework and i like jsn a lot more than that so i uh had a hard time not modifying that i I did tweak it in my model and i would love to do my own film grades that's just another you know like another whole thing to do so uh, yeah
2: you've been mentioning it. that for a few years now right because i yeah, i remember I uh being in your DM searching for your film scores so I could track them.
0: <laughs> well, and then and then I started like trying to compare player A against player B and realized like, oh shit, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. Right? Yeah, I can't you, imagine something vacuum, I can never do it. but Putting it in context is extremely hard. Right, I'll say without this is some kind of structure. This is
1: one of the ways I approach that. So I, before I run any data, I go watch film on all the top ten guys, quote unquote, and I, I rank them. You know, and uh, first off, when I say I watch film, I'm watching highlights, right? But but I think I think you can actually learn a lot more from highlights than people realize. First off, turn turn off the volume so you don't get high the music. And and second, is the guy running through gaping holes or his highlights him creating space, you know? there's a, I think there's lots of things. So if, if the best play is that player X has is his, open, his O-line at a 10-foot gap, he ran and scored a touchdown 75 yards. That's not a highlight in my opinion. Because who couldn't do that at the end of her college level, right? So that's that's personally the way I like to approach that. So I do top ten at each position, just based on that. I think it, I think it's a good guide. Like the top two guys this year for running backs are like Bijan and Jameer. They both were when I watched film who were like that. So I thought that was interesting.
2: So, so, so you watch I, film, but you don't use uh, any other any other person's film grades or metrics. I don't, I don't even know. use my
1: grades. It's just like it's more of like a it's more of a reflection. So, give I, say, yourself okay, a feel. so I I, mean, I guess I, I grade them like one through ten, right? Top ten. Who do, who do I think uh, the best? Still
2: counts. Yeah. yeah. I give
1: I give some type of attribute, and then when I go run my model, if it if they correlate, I'm like outstanding. Like this is probably really good. And, yeah. and the, for the most part, they usually do, which is why, which is so interesting to me because the people love the film versus analytics. In my experience, they're almost always very similar. I'm not watching cool. film and seeing a guy who's like the 10th ranked receiver thinking, Oh, this dude's better than Jamar Chase.
0: You get, you get the couple outliers every year, yeah, right? Last year it was Rashad white, right? I think for a lot of people, a lot of the film guys didn't love him that much. The highlights were awesome. Great. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, He was a big one for me. So I think we could spend like three hours on any one part of this. The three of us, we clearly all like got the, got the love for this stuff, which is awesome. But I, I, let's, let's try to like hone in a little bit, get some actionable content out there for for the guys. So wide receivers, this class, like who were you guys like high or low on? Like who did your models like more or less without giving away the secret sauce, maybe a guy at the top that you prefer I already know what David's is going to That's receiver, <laughs> a, a, And a sleeper that you are higher on. And then maybe one guy that you're just, you're lower on than other people. Dave, you want to lead in?
2: Sure. So obviously Quentin Johnston really, really pops for me. I use per game stats. You stat are the
0: QB, QBJ guy at this point.
2: <laughs> oh God, I can't stand the slander out there. Like I get that he does body catches and has some drops, but like you've proven the drops don't matter that much or yeah. at all. Really? from yeah, anything yeah. I've found or been able to study. So I don't know what people are, are talking there. He's got really good film grades from Zerline and scouts. I, I know the yeah. nerd score there there there's rumors that they're going to be a little low on him, which concerns me a little bit, but uh, his profiles rock solid to me. He's produced every year. He's led his team every year. And that was even with missing games. It's just incredible in my opinion. So I think, I think he's the real deal. And, um, if he goes early enough, he'll be in contention for my wide receiver one overall. Do You want me to go through all three, or do you want to bounce back, yeah, back and forth? Yeah, bounce back. Jake, how about
0: okay. you? Who are you high on in the wide receiver position? Um. Okay, so I don't want to give away
1: too much. So it took me a second to figure out how I want to, how I want to go pro- approach this. <laughs> but I'll just say my my number one receiver is Jordan Addison, and that is not consensus, but. But I, I really was impressed. I think he's a sharp rounder. He really reminded me of Deontay Johnson when I watched him. I thought I thought he was very crisp. He was he was very fluid. Um, great hands. It was just so much I liked about him. He's a small, undersized guy. I'm not trying to do another Wondell here. But but Jordan Addison was more productive than Wondell was. So, um, yeah, I mean, his career average re- receptions per team pass attempt is like 15%, which is a very, very solid number there. He's an early declare. And he's um at least at least the last um, time I checked, he was projected late first. So uh, that may that may change and that'll change his grade. And it could shift somebody else up into that number one position. Seen a couple yeah, mocks I,
2: recently that have him fallen out of the first, um, to thirty four in one and later in another. So it'll be interesting. And then you got uh, guys like Daniel Jeremiah that got him top ten overall players in the draft. So yeah. he's I think he has a wider Jeremiah. range than Johnston.
1: Even if he gets a lot more, than he would still be my number one receiver. So I think, I, I think he's
0: pretty locked in.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. So he was,
0: he's the top wide receiver in my model too, depending. I had a couple different variations of it. One of them did like QJ more after David, and I had a conversation about adjusting or using per game uh, games, played. Stats, right. tells- yeah. 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 Okay. and And that, that honestly bumped QJ up a hair above Addison um after your film grades and dc for me it does like jsn but but that was also yeah. me I, that was the one thing i told you i didn't like Zerline's take on him i bumped his grade up in my models because i think i'm convinced that from watching film with film analysts that, that he is extremely talented so but that's so your uh,
2: your personal film grade on him was was pretty good
0: yeah yeah
2: okay well that's good that's was. good to hear yeah, yeah, yeah it's so it's so wide-ranging man but there's I a just, lot of slander out there for him that, uh, I'm like you said, it's just stats that don't really matter, and people are blowing it way out awesome. of proportion.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we we could probably do an episode just on QJ. So how yeah. about how about a sleeper for you, David? That 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 popped.
2: How how deep you want to go? Like uh, outside of top.
0: Outside of the top, you know, uh, outside top ten. Eight, Outside top 10 the position, or you know, not a second round pick right now in ADP.
2: Okay, let's see.
0: Third, third round rookie pick right now, I'd say, sleeper, right?
2: Where's where's Cedric Tillman going?
1: I don't think third round's a sleeper this class. I think we we legitimately yeah. have three solid rounds of fantasy players.
2: Oh, I love yeah. the second and third round. That's I, I have an here. article I that I'm so writing.
1: I see Tillman
0: fall to the late third, and I've seen him go at 202 in oh drafts that matter like actual so, money drafts
2: i i guess i'll, I'll pick him then because he's he's my highest exposure uh, underdog guy right now before the draft because i think he'll go higher than uh than what people were initially expecting but um i do weigh physical measurements i don't weigh athletic testing for wide receivers i found athletic testing is a lot of noise and we don't get as much as we used to like three cone used to be pretty good for wide receivers but like hardly anyone does it now and well, the times you do get are from pro days and you don't know if they're accurate and stuff like that. Mm. So I've X athletic testing, but he's got those, uh, beautiful long arms and big hands too. And every time I see someone with, uh, with over a 10 in my uh, physical metric equation, it just reminds me of AJ green or Larry Fitzgerald streaking down the sideline, uh, catching contested balls. So I like his production per game a lot too. Like he was, I was just talking with Jacob Sanderson on this, uh, uh, and a Twitter commentary that uh, you show is uh season long for his final year. And it looks real bad, but I mean, he got hurt. He only played what four games and his per game still really popped out. Like there's a lot of times he was better than Jalen Hyatt. So he's a, uh, He's one of the few guys with the X body types. He's got production back it up. He's very late to Claire. So I know Jake won't like that one. Like I think he spent five years in college, but he didn't see the field those first three years really at all. And then he really burst onto the scene in my mind. So that's, that's probably another good context one for, um, guys that have popped late that I like, and I don't normally stand for those guys, but he's, he's really looking nice in in my models anyway.
0: I, I like I like Tillman from a film basis. My model hasn't varied, you know, and I don't even care about early declare as much as you guys. I think I catch a lot of that with uh average, you know, average um production. Right? Because you didn't produce early, your average production sucks. But just the fact right. that he did nothing for three years, it's like, and he was playing behind velas Jones. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's, not like, it's not like he was uh uh Brian Ford like Tillman. <laughs> Uh, what's up we got some comments um all right jake how about you what's a what's a sleeper that that caught your eye the position
1: parker washington
0: i love parker my model hates him but i love him. he's a slot guy he's an
1: early declarer he's a big slot guy great after the catch um, in a class with a lot of undersized receivers if he gets some decent draft capital i think i think he's a guy that could um be a sneaky fantasy producer
0: Nice. So do both you guys care about measurables for wide receivers in an analytical sense, or are you just using it more in like a anecdotal sense? Uh,
1: I like big receivers. My model doesn't give a shit. So, sorry. Yeah. It's if everything's okay. Or if it's permitted on here, so just let me know and I can, I can chill on that.
0: After that I, I, I have a trucker mouth. So. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's the lowest uh, correlation or the lowest weighted mo- uh, metric in my model. So yeah, right. it's pretty low, but, cool. um,
1: I guess the way I look at it is, if I have two players that are scoring the same in my model, and one's a buck sixty and one's two twenty, I'm taking the guys two twenty. You know? Yeah.
2: yeah okay. Yeah. Weight, weight's a big one for you, as opposed to I just height like, I like, like the big boys. Yeah, and...
1: I feel like the the smaller guys a little more fragile, unless they're insanely quick. You know, Tyree Kill type. That's different for me.
2: Okay. Oh, no, so, that seems fair. That, that tracks with the injury history. So.
0: Yeah. All right, so uh, we're clearly not going to get through everything, but let's let's talk about RB models a little bit. I think we got most of the like bigger process stuff out of the way already, so that's awesome. So uh, I guess Jake, you want to lead off? Just like what what inputs interest you for running back?
1: So for running backs, I care about draft capital again. That's pretty much across the board. Um, now this is a weird one. A lot of people don't care about this. It pops in my model and it helped me identify uh, Rashad White last year. It's career average receiving touchdowns per game played so not not only do they care about catching the ball but they want you to catch a touchdown pass
2: it's a very specific stat there
1: i'm telling you dude i got i got all the uh, what was it again career
2: receiving touchdowns
1: career average receiving touchdowns per game played okay yeah, so it took me a while. That one actually, Dave removed it because he's like, Yeah, I don't think anybody uses it. I was like, That's a, that's a, it matters for me. So I need it. So I ended up having to do the math to figure that one out myself this year. Um, and then career average yards per team attempt, that's, a, that's one across the board. So those are three metrics I care about with running backs.
0: Do you guys use uh, weighted yards per team attempt or, or unadjusted?
1: I do not. Yeah. I, I
2: adjust mine for SRS for uh, production. So I use SOS, I, SOS for some other things, but
1: so there's something I keep in mind. Um, in general, like if I've uh, if I'd Rashad White outscoring Kenneth Walker, it's like, well, yeah, he catches the ball, but Michigan State's a little bit different than San Diego or not San Diego, South Dakota State, you know. So it's like you gotta have context, but yeah, I mean, that might be a way to do it. I kind of like that idea. The the because I wasn't doing adjusted, I was just measuring SRS and, and SOS, but. Weighted. That makes a lot of sense. I might have tried that. You might have just inspired me to do way more work than I yeah.
0: want to do. So thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna, get, too.
2: <laughs> I need to give a hat tip to uh Hayden Winks for that one. He's the one that turned me onto it uh yeah. three years ago, I think, in an article of his. I'm like, Well, so what's that? What do you what do you do with it? And then he explained all of it. I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Popped it in and it uh yeah, it really livened up my models really good.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So uh, how about you, David? What what metrics do you care about? For
2: <clears throat> so, yeah, draft capital, uh, production, again, adjusted for uh, conference and SRS and stuff like that. I, I lean pretty heavily into the receiving rushing split, like the percentage of their total yards that came from receiving versus rushing. That's one that Antonio Gibson really popped in because he was... You know essentially a wide receiver hybrid running back right so that bumped him up a lot and it, it paid off along with his athletic testing and stuff like that and then i use an athleticism score that again is three models into one so the way i measure athleticism is different than a lot of people they see the combine they call that athleticism for me it's i need football athleticism so that means being used in a variety of ways whether it's special teams or rushing uh, broken tackles, that's an athletic trait, right? A football athletic trait. So that goes into the athleticism score. And then of course combine testing goes into it. So, so. let me
1: ask you this. How, how do you how do you what what kind of metric or what kind of number do you assign to that? Like is it whenever you're t- testing athleticism? I think it makes sense to be like, yeah, this guy, okay, so like I, I'm gonna go back to Roshan Johnson. Hey, Roshan Johnson's really good, he's just buried on the depth chart. Well, if he's that good, they're gonna get him on the field some way, right? So Say he's returning punts or, you know, shotgun. Yeah, let me look how, how, up do you, how do you how do you measure that or how do you score that?
2: So you do you could do how many times, you know, they, they, they return, you know, just simply are out there for it or yards. And I know people do it a lot of different ways or big okay. plays. I know uh, Matt Spencer was the guy who kind of started that, and that's what led him to Kadarius Tony kind of highlighting in his model. But, yeah, Roshan, you know, because he see, saw so little playing time, like it really – really dings his stats really hard yeah. um his broken tackle rate is best in class so that bumps him a lot like yeah. that his is even higher than Bijan, so that's a huge deal but yeah his testing was um you know not great for the combine so that brings him back down mm-hmm. but he is heavy so that helps him a little bit and then the the split stats is you know pretty in between there so he well, gets he- uh like, like you said, it's hard to fully measure a guy that doesn't yeah. see the field. So his yeah. production score is really low, obviously.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's probably easier to, to have a higher broken tackle rate when you're fresh as hell in 220.
2: Just don't I, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like his profile doesn't, pop out big but it's just one of the many things so like that's what i love about this running back class there's there's like a flavor for everything right you got deuce vaughn the undersized super producer you got roshan the big guy who didn't see the field but he can break tackles and a lot of scouts like his profile and stuff like that and you got kenny McIntosh, who was just miserable athletic testing but was an awesome receiver and they used him on routes and on the championship team so his srs is really high and he helped them win like he wasn't wasn't doing nothing out there. Yeah. So I'm really curious where he goes. Like yeah,
0: Before cool.
2: before the testing, I had him as a round three projected capital. But after yeah. that, you know, three brutal. But I think
0: he's the kind of guy that I think will have a role because he's a specialist and he's extremely good at right. a couple of things. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. Brian, Brian Ford. I'm sure you guys know him as. How do you guys settle on a model you're satisfied with? Hit rates over one, two, three years. Or do you have to hit on past guys before you build? Brian, we talked about this a little bit earlier too, just about back testing a model. And these guys, uh, Jake, do you want to give them a, a succinct answer for that?
1: Yeah. So I don't want to get back into to, to fitting again, but I, I mean it's a good example just to like compare. So last year, you know, I have rankings, right? And I'm like, okay, well, how did those rookies finish? Assuming you know they stayed on the field and had an opportunity, uh, like. Brees was obviously outstanding. He got hurt, so I feel great that he was my running back one. Kenneth Walker is my RB three instead of two. I'm like, yeah, he was really good, but I maybe I should have kept in mind that Rashad White was playing in a, a different contact or a conference. Sorry, different. What is it? FCS versus FBS. So, so that's something. Uh, that's that Arizona. He was. He just said
0: um, he's just a G five school. Or no, he's yeah, G five. He's 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 he's, he's Pac twelve. No, he was South Dakota State. Rashad right? White played at Arizona. Arizona
1: state. I, I think. That yes. Right. Not at the beginning of his career. I think he,
0: tra- he transferred. He did. He was juco. And he came yeah. up. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. So I just didn't even look at his juco stuff.
1: Yeah. We, we figured it, like, it out. Yeah. We got there, but see that's I look at career average. So I have to, I have yeah. to be like, able to figure that out too, which is fun trying to finesse that. But anyways, Brian, to answer your question, basically you look at how it ranks players and then compare them. So like I can just look at last year's rankings and say, yeah, overall, these are pretty damn sharp and we're going to run it back. Or you can say, wow, that wasn't what I wanted it to be. I got to figure out how to fine tune this and improve this process.
0: Yeah. Jake, uh, Dave, you want to chime on that at all? Or? Yeah.
2: In, in the simplest terms, it's just, you know, an R squared of your predictive model versus NFL
1: points. Term, so. They don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's R squared how well say, uh, poor, just poor low low your model fits the data.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. So, yep. All right. So. I think we got five minutes left of Mr. Jake before he has to go uh, eat some food. So let's uh, let's let's play the game with the running back position. And you guys each give us yeah. one that you're high on, you know, or low on, out of the top guys, and then a sleeper. You want to lead this time, Jake?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm very high on Jameer. Okay, and I know a lot of people are high on him. Most people don't have him lower than RB three. I, I kind of got some flack on the internet for saying Jameer Gibbs is much closer to Bijan John Robinson in this class than whoever the hell you have as your RB3. Um, Jameer Gibbs was so productive in college. I mean, he, he led his team in receptions as a running back. That is insane. Um, and then the guy that I want to give for value, I'm not going to share him. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like um, – Keaton Mitchell has a late round grab. We're talking fifth round, but um, yeah, he was a really fast guy uh, out of East Carolina. He's He, he looks really explosive. Uh, I don't know how his whole line was, but I did go watch some actual film on him, and, and I, I thought he looked solid. And I'm thinking a guy running that fast might get some – I can't help but think Chris Johnson when I see a speed out of East Carolina, but he's not Chris Johnson. I'm not saying that. Um, but, yeah, it's a guy that I'm, I'm I'm good gambling on in the fifth.
0: Yeah, I hope he gets drafted. That's – yeah. I think Yeah, there's just a lot of little guys. There's a lot of guys with that profile in this this class, you know, so it's, they're probably even more devalued and the NFL doesn't usually value them very much, but I'm with you. I like Mitchell as well.
1: We love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, How about you, David?
2: I like uh, Zach Charbonnet or Charbonnet, however you say it over there. I like his size. He's got a very well-rounded profile. Um, I think he's very close to Gibbs for me. He's, he's definitely behind him, but, but he's very close. So he's, so he's going to be a,
1: closer to Charbonnet than he is Bijan for you.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I have, uh, I have Bijan as, as one of the best prospects in in my database. Almost. So.
1: I just have Jameer there as well.
2: Really? Yeah. Yeah. His, his receiving pops, you know, hard. So I am, I'm a little concerned about his three down usage, um, Uh, obviously fast incredible receiver his broken tackle rate was actually pretty impressive for for what he does so that's yeah uh, i obviously couldn't use him though you took him so i gotta gotta go with sharp next but (laughs) (laughs) um as far as a sleeper i kind of hit him on a little bit but i like deuce vaughn a lot i know he's tiny but there there's nobody that's had his profile at his size his production is outstanding at that level
1: it's just wandel in in 2023 I I love yeah, my little
2: guys. Yeah, I love my little guys. I don't. Everyone everyone can hate on him. I'll, I'll when keep. When they're that productive down, at
1: top schools, it's just like I mean, that's not that's a top school. But when they're that productive, it's just like man, it's hard to overlook that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. SEC he has too, right?
1: No, uh, yeah, Kansas
0: State. That's okay. Oh, okay. It's Big Ten, Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, I think it's Big Ten.
2: Yeah, he had a Still sixteen point two uh SRS for reference and Bajan was at uh, 15.9 SRS just for yeah, reference very so and their strength of schedule was extremely similar almost identical it's as far as good. rating yeah. so yeah just truly impressive like I don't I yeah. know he's tiny yeah. I uh, know that's five, not six, great
1: 160 or one, with 170 right
2: yeah, so That's I just I just hope someone can find a way to use them. And I know he's been uh, training with uh, Darren Spor- Darren Sproles and stuff yeah. like that to get a get his usage on special team. And but uh, yeah, he's he's going to be definitely a late round target of mine.
0: Yeah, he he's a guy that before I started with uh, film score adjustments and, and draft capital, he was like third or fourth in the model. Yeah, just like pops right up there. Pops yeah, in those just just right how
2: about there. your guys we haven't uh, got much of your takes over here
0: <laughs> yeah. well, the, the, the 50 people who watch this show get my takes every week <laughs> you guys are the you guys are the interesting ones uh, i mean honestly i'm like the anti-hot take machine and i feel like my model is kind of like really similar to each year it's like charbonnet uh was super high on before um I, I before uh, film grades and draft capital brought Gibbs above him, Charbonnet was above him. But after those adjustments, they had him up here. The guy that the Raw model was super high on, so I guess this is the interesting guy for me, is Sean Tucker. Uh, just his production and his athleticism are both like excellent. But the problem for me people is people that... say
2: him and he doesn't, he just doesn't pop at all. What, what stands out for him specifically in your guys' model?
0: Well, for me it was just raw production, right? I do use like that like average uh you know uh like just, just yards and, 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 and raw production stats. Weighted, not that much, but he hits pretty hard in those and he was fairly efficient up until this year, like last year, uh twenty twenty one. He he was efficient. Um and then receiving uh like raw usage, he, he was on for a lot of snaps and, and had a lot of production, not super efficient though. Yards per route run, a little bit yeah. weak, but um, yeah. What, what, what did you like about him, Jake?
1: Same thing. You, you guys know what I care about. It's, I mean, it's just his career average rece- receiving touchdowns per game played in his career average yards per team pass attempt or sorry, yards per team attempt. Um, he scores well in both of those uh, His draft caps, not great for what I have projected. So draft caps going to tell us, tell, tell me a lot about how I'm going to have him, uh, Ranked in my RB class.
0: Yeah. But,
1: so, but, let, I like him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you guys this. This is my, like, I'm, I'm on the fence on this guy. I'm a fan, but I don't know what to make of him. Kendry Miller. Did you guys love or hate?
2: Uh, he, he's a little lower in mine. I, mm. I love his broken tackle rate. Uh, that, yeah. that stands out really well. Um, His production uh, from a receiving end is really lacking. And in, in mine, I don't like that. He didn't test. I know he was hurt with a hamstring injury or something like that. Right. Mm. So, you know, athletic testing carries a decent amount of weight in my model. And when you don't have much to go with, he just gets, you know, an average rate for the most part. So that one's a little concerning. The film scores I use for him are, are pretty tough, but a lot of these running backs for me are going to be landing spot heavy dependent because they're so close after, you know, a chain for me, I got a lot of guys within like a point to, per game. See, that's um, like 3
1: through 11 for me outside of
2: yeah.
0: yeah. I can't really discuss. Landing spot, draft capital.
2: And I grade landing spots too. So like Texans was an A-plus last year where Pierce went. So I, I grade out how many points are being scored in their current backfields and how easy it'll be to overtake them. So, so that's, I'm a, glad that's you brought that up
1: Real quick before I bounce, I do want to make sure that I bring up something that I find a very interesting approach. So I don't care as much about landing spots until I'm looking at the third round of rookie drafts. Look at Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, both those guys. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson a couple of years ago. All these guys landed in what I like to call ambiguous running back situations, where the guy might not be that great, but he's going to get the opportunities. And if you can, if you get one of those guys that ends up starting, I don't believe Damian Pierce is that good, but somebody in my league is going to, and so I'm going to flip him. So I paid a third for him. I'm easily going to get second out of him, maybe a first if somebody's a real sucker. And boom, I'm flipping value. That's that's the name
0: of the game for me. I only have one question: Where the hell did you get Damian Pierce in the third round?
1: <laughs> he was, was three hundred like, two in my
0: leagues. Three
1: hundred two is ADP last wow. year.
2: That must have been pre-draft.
0: I think early. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, he was no, going I think really he was pushback.
2: No, he, his team was a first-round pick in all the leagues I did. Yeah, so no way, we have people here, Jake. Let me yeah, late, a, late first. In
0: I, I every league a bunch I bunch remember, of, I, I played with least a eight. bunch of degenerates. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. I'll see what will see what it was. <laughs> no, I mean it's no, keep... awesome if you did like you savaged it, but yeah, that's yeah, it no. Right I didn't did right him, I
1: had 303 and three, four. He went right before I was pissed. Him and Algiers, uh-huh. brother, um, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm tripping. You're right. Yeah, he was
0: 12. Years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, Algier, though, yeah. I mean, Algier, I was getting the end of the second. I hit him there a lot. Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny it's you mention
2: nice. all these guys. I I had a B or higher grading for. So I grade things A through mm-hmm. F in my scale, and I had an A plus for Pierce. I had a uh, an A for al here, and a B I think for Ramondre Stevenson, all for good Just landing spots. So it's funny program. it lines up with your ambiguous theory.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I love that. I, those, I'm going to do uh, it again this year. I'm going a, I'm to a continue to. I love that. I think it's such a good – it's a good strategy where it's like, all right, cool, models, models good. And when you no longer have players that you find values, you're talking about Deuce Vaughn's being a good value this year. When you no longer see those values, it's like, well, I'm going to take a landing spot at this point because you can easily flip that. But that's crazy. I could have swore he was going 302. Maybe, maybe I'm just <laughs> going crazy.
0: Yeah, well, you could argue he should have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just on uh, <laughs> the rest of his profile. But – all right, any parting shots from from you, Jake? I mean, what my wrap? Obviously, I don't think unless you really want to hang for a while, David. I don't think we're gonna really get into QBs or tight ends. I'm I'm down to hang if you are. But uh, my my like my wrap up notes were any advice you guys have to somebody that is is trying to find a starting point. Uh, or, or how, how has this process changed for you over the past couple of years, Jake, if you want to close it's out, I'm on starting one
1: of those. spot for you. And I assume you just mean dynasty, Fantasy football. It's your first year playing dynasty, Fantasy football. Is that correct?
0: Well, I'm just saying like your, your interest in data scouting, it seems useful oh, to you, David. but you don't know shit about yeah. this. So.
1: Um, either take a class on it or find a guy on Twitter who knows what they're talking about. There's, I mean, there's quite a few. I thought I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to be the only guy. There's so many of us doing this. I'm, Us three, we're doing it. You got Jacob Sanderson doing it. You got Bulletproof doing it. Tim Albatree. I play in a whole league with dudes who are doing the same thing as me. And its I tell you, though, it's the sharpest people that I play with. I can't get trades done because we all think the exact same way. We're all trying to capture that value. Um, So, yeah, just just start following people. Um, And and a lot of people are happy to answer DMs. Shoot me any DM. The only ones I'm not going to answer, if you ask me who you should take, at 102 or 103. I'm going to say, hey, I invest a lot of time, pay for my rookie rankings, happy to discuss. Other than that, though, I'm happy to share all kinds of information, and, uh, and I'm sure that you two would both do the same.
0: Yeah, I'd say Jake was super helpful to me in fleshing out some of the more uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah,
1: yeah.
0: heavier yeah, statistical stuff. We talked like
1: stuff. an hour one night on the phone. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. He was, like, he was like, hey, call me, man. Let's like, let's talk this through, and he helped me understand P-tests and some of the more rigorous aspects of doing the regression, so that was, yes, that was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Very grateful. Absolutely. Love you coming on. You want me to boot you off?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll bounce. Uh appreciate you guys having me. Um really nice to see seeing, seeing some faces here. And and yeah, you guys nice hear meeting. some things that I, I need to start taking into consideration. So you guys taught yeah. me something tonight, so that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Ditto, ditto here, and I hope yep. you uh shred your competition, man. Oh, we're gonna kill it. No <laughs> good
1: luck, <laughs> yeah, good luck. All <laughs> right, later, <laughs> fellas. I'll see you guys around. Take All it right, easy.
0: Brother. All right, bye. Uh so yeah, David, I, I don't know what, what what's it look like for you. Do you want to get into quarterbacks? Do you want to just have a wrap up and go home? Totally well, this is horrible. easy because
2: I I don't I don't model quarterbacks, but no, I got a kid's bedtime coming up uh, real yeah. hot here. So
0: do you literally not model quarterbacks? Because I've heard other people say that there is no point. I've had decent results with it.
2: Really, I've tried twice now. I tried four or five years ago results were terrible so like i always wait a year to publish results right i want to see all my models do before i send them out to people i want to help you i don't want to set you back and then two years ago i tried again uh with some stuff that uh travis may uh showed me and it was it was decent but it still wasn't good enough and i think that was that was probably the zach wilson year or was yeah trevor lawrence zach wilson right they same year and uh had Turned out terrible again. So I, whoever can do it, God bless them. You know, I I can't. So if if you got something good, you got to share that with the world. I think.
0: So mine's mine's simple, and I, I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel. But it seems to be useful. You know what I mean? And, and it's uh, I I can I can look at what the exact inputs are for you and send them to you if you want. But it, uh, EPA, I think, was really helpful for me. So where do you get that? Ah, so this might be a thing. So uh, I pull my data set from Jarek, Jarek McKeefe, Jarek Oh, no,
2: Jarek Backus or? Yeah, Jarek Backus. I use Jarek Backus's set.
0: And it's not the stuff from Campus to Canton, but he has his Debbie data set and it has all this stuff in it. It might be a slightly different okay. slice than what you're looking at. That was what made it useful for me. Before that, oh, it was utterly worthless. But EPA, I've heard, I've heard EPA a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm using uh, touchdown interception ratio. I'm using, I think a little bit of one. percentage, but not much. Right. Uh, and then uh, EPA significantly and uh, draft capital projected, maybe a couple other sure. things in conference adjustment as well, but this is no rushing, no rushing stuff. A little bit of rushing. Yeah. I, I've, I've had it in, and I've had it out as um, either. Yeah, I've a heard, law, that's, like
2: a, heard it's real yeah, noisy. The rushing part,
0: uh, yeah. So that's one of those things too, and this I think this is a phil- interesting philosophical discussion for us too. So I did two things this year that my model didn't love, but I thought made it more useful, right? And I think the rushing for quarterbacks was one of them because uh, it brought up some guys, and I know this is shit process, but it brought up some guys that were interesting that my model was otherwise missing, even though it didn't improve like uh, R squared value, right? And then okay. I did the same thing kind of for running backs. Uh, for me, at least for my data set, um, yards per route run with running backs didn't really have good p value at all.
2: But Yeah, I don't use that one either.
0: Yeah, but but I liked the guys that have brought to the forefront because for me, and I think. Oh, you're it just doing highlighted lot- them? You mean? Yeah, highlight them. So you're oh. doing a lot of stuff that I'm not. My model didn't love Stevenson that much. The yards per route run really made him pop more in the model. And the same thing yeah. with Gibbs and a couple other guys like that that have been useful assets and i didn't think it did any harm to other guys so i was like you know what it, it what what's the saying like all models are wrong but some of them are useful <laughs> <if you compare laughs> that. um it's kind of like it, hey you know i mean if it's not useful to me and it's telling me things that i obviously uh you know aren't don't jive with my intuitive understanding then then maybe i should try something else but i mean this one and, and i think it's um it, it like hurts it like herbert Murray loves fields, likes Tua. It thinks Caleb Williams is going to be a top, you know, five type prospect likes hooker in this class, which is interesting to me. And then uh, Richardson with draft capital. It's, this is kind of like the zone of like, you're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) but like it ain't great (laughs) right Right. you're kenny pickett you're daniel jones right so that's where like levis and jones are i Levis and and richardson
2: are so let's do the litmus test where's uh zach wilson on this thing oh i see him there he is row 25 there
0: yeah he's right okay he's right in that range so and this is this is the average uh guys that had a top 12 season so he was no it seems
2: pretty good like if i mean it looks like it tracks just from a quick eye test but um yeah yeah I mean, definitely yeah. be interested in discussing more sometime but yeah i gotta bounce yeah, here sure. though uh yeah yeah I can hear I, my I kids I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> do what you gotta do you got time for a parting shot any words of wisdom for someone starting off on a data journey
2: oh uh peter howard's uh, database or any of the ones we've mentioned in the show um he he yeah. even has a page with his models that just show you how his model works like he's one yeah. of the most uh, generous guys as far as fantasy knowledge that i've met it helped me a lot starting out uh using his database and you can see how everything works like you just got to spend the time in it to understand it a little bit it's it feels like a massive hurdle right away but but it's worth it if you're going to get into it um that's that's a great first step don't yeah, copy sure. him, obviously but uh you know make it your own but it's it's just a good kind of path to get started
0: so. You know what, toss toss Peter Howard a couple of bucks on his Patreon, get his data set. That was also my entry point. I prefer this one for some other things now, but some of my uh, sheets have a, a separate tab with his because there's stuff that's in there that's not in here that I love. And also, I'll say watching his videos and stuff, he's a great teacher of a lot of these yeah. concepts as well. So, I, David, I can't thank you enough. This was awesome. I had such a great time. Again, I think this could have been a six-hour podcast, or we all would have been... <laughs> totally engaged the whole time everyone watching probably would have been dead
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i like how you brought up a visual here like uh in the future yeah if we ever do another one it's it's nice to have the visual because people can see what you're talking about and we can maybe zoom in on a model or something like that and you know saying saying all these numbers and stuff only get you so far if you're a visual learner so
0: yeah yeah that's a good point maybe i'll do a solo pod and kind of go through some of this stuff more i had these queued the whole time but we were kind of in the weeds in the discussions and i didn't feel like there was a yep. time to throw them out but maybe i dropped the ball
2: <laughs> no so, sometimes it's too much for people and they just like listening too so again thanks for having me and and really enjoyed going through this stuff. Yeah, i appreciate
0: you. you so much thanks for taking time away from your family again follow david on twitter uh check out the z score follow jake And we appreciate you all tuning in so much. Thank you, my
2: friend.